Hello, and welcome to the Bible Difficulties and Answers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Smith. Today, we officially kick off Bible Difficulties and Answers. Two things that I want to add here at the start. First, we use the Big Book of Bible Difficulties by Norman Geisler and Thomas Howell as our launching pad each week. We will follow their outline and discussion of the biblical problem and solution, and we'll supplement it with additional arguments from other Christian apologists and scholars, along with my summary at the end. Second, I'll be using the New Living Translation Bible each week for its easy-to-understand language. I find it to be biblically solid and helpful for a podcast format. Show notes will include links to all we discuss. Are you ready to dive in? I am. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Just 10 short words, but chock full of so much philosophical and scientific weight. First, some of my own thoughts here. When I ask people what the greatest miracle of the Bible is, I get answers like the resurrection of Jesus Christ, or the parting of the Red Sea, or Jonah in the belly of the great fish for three days, or the ten plagues of Egypt pronounced by Moses, or Enoch and Elijah being taken into heaven before death, or the feeding of the multitudes from five barley loaves and two fish, or the turning of water into wine, and on and on. All are wonderful supernatural events, what we call miracles. However, nothing compares to creating the heavens and the earth. For if God did create the heavens and the earth, then any of the miracles I just detailed are really nothing more than child's play. When you create the entire universe with its complexity, wonder, and fine-tuning, having someone stay alive in the belly of a fish is really nothing hard at all. Now, there are a couple of problems in this verse that we want to investigate here from the uh, verse, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and we'll do it along with some solutions. Now, the first problem, number one, and again, this is coming from the big book of Bible difficulties. According to the first law of thermodynamics, energy can neither be created or destroyed. Now, if this is so, then the universe must be eternal since it's made of indestructible energy. However, The Bible indicates that the universe had a beginning and did not exist before God created it. Is this not a contradiction between Bible and science? Now, it's important to note here that as a fan of Christian apologetics, Genesis 1-1 is not an apologetics argument. From the blog post entitled The Genesis of Apologetics, and this is from February 2019, and I quote, To be clear, the Bible does not begin with an apologetic for God. It begins with an assertion. In the beginning, God created. Again, from Genesis 1.1. The Bible operates on the belief that God exists and that his existence cannot ultimately be denied. Hopefully now you can see why we spent so much time in the introductory episodes making the case for a theistic God and the case for the creation and fine-tuning of the universe. The first four words of Genesis are so very important. In the beginning, God. Two things are apparent here from the author of Genesis. The universe had a beginning, and God was present. What makes this verse such a fun one to start with, for me, is we can use science to give a solution to Genesis 1-1. And again, the whole point of this podcast is for the listener to know that their faith is based on very, very strong evidence. Now, let's let science do the heavy lifting for us as we use the first and second law of thermodynamics. 
Let's go now with the solution to this problem. And again, we're going from the big book of Bible difficulties. And the, uh, the solution here is really long. So if you don't uh, mind, let me paraphrase here. Now, there's not a conflict of fact here between science and the Bible. It's just an opinion. The evidence is that the universe had a beginning and really is a James Webb telescope is illustrating for us even at this very moment and is not eternal. It's impossible to have an infinite regressive days for an internal universe. If you did, the today would never arrive. The Bible is very clear the universe had a beginning. Now, some scientists argue that the first law of thermodynamics we discussed above, which is energy can neither be created or destroyed, means that energy cannot be created, and that's false. It's a dogmatic statement since science is based on observation, and you cannot conclude this based on observation. From what we can observe, the amount of actual energy in the universe is constant. The first law of thermodynamics makes no pronouncement of where energy comes from or how long it's been here. Therefore, it doesn't contradict Genesis 1.1. Now, you couple this with the second law of thermodynamics. The amount of usable energy in the universe is decreasing. According to this law, the universe is running down and its energy is being transformed into unusable heat. If the second law of thermodynamics is true, then the universe is not eternal since it would have run out of usable energy a long time ago. Therefore, the universe had a beginning, just as Genesis 1-1 says it did. Now, for the Christian Publishing House blog, and it's entitled Genesis 1, 1-2, the translation and meaning of the opening words of Genesis is not so simple. From this article, I quote, From the first verse of the Bible, we gain two significant certainties. First, the heavens and the earth is a reference in the Bible to the material universe, which had a beginning. Second, the heavens and the earth were created by God. Regardless of what some claim, there is no indication from Genesis on how long ago the beginning of the creation of the universe began. In addition, we only get a general outline of how God created the heavens and the earth, not explicitly how in detail, close quote. So let's move on to another apologist here, Dr. William Lane Craig in his June 4th, 2018 lecture, Doctor of Doctrine of Creation, Part 1, Creatio Ex Nihilo, gives a succinct explanation of Genesis 1-1, especially when contrasted with pagan myths on the creation. And I'm quoting here from his lecture. The Bible begins with the words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Again, Genesis 1-1. With that terse and majestic statement, the author of Genesis 1 differentiated his viewpoint from all of the ancient creation myths of Israel's neighbors. The expression, the heavens and the earth, is a Hebrew idiom, and that means the whole of the universe. There was no word in Hebrew for the totality of the physical reality, but this idiom, the heavens and the earth, expressed the totality of physical reality. Notice that in verse 1, there is no pre-existent material present. There are no warring gods, no primordial dragons, as you have in pagan creation myths. Rather, there is simply God who creates the world. The word in Hebrew is bara, a verb which has only God as its subject. Only God can bara something. This is a word which does not presuppose a material substratum. It doesn't presuppose that that which is created was created out of something. So the beginning verse in Genesis 1 states that in the beginning, God created the entire totality of physical rea reality, the whole of the world. At face value, therefore, 
This verse would seem to imply creatio ex nihilo. God has made everything that there is, and he didn't make it out of any sort of material substratum. It was certainly understood this way by later biblical authors. I'm closing the long quote here. But there is a problem in Genesis 1-1 that neither science nor even philosophy can answer for us. And let's take a look at this problem along with the solution. Problem number two, and again, I'm going back from the big book of Bible difficulties. How could the author of Genesis know what happened at creation before he was even created? Hmm. That's an interesting conundrum here. And again, from the authors, traditional Christian, I quote here, traditional Christian scholarship has maintained that the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses. The first two chapter of Genesis read as an eyewitness account of the events of creation. However, how could Moses or any man, for that matter, write these chapters as if he were an eyewitness since he would not have existed at that time? So the solution here, let's go back again to the big book of Bible difficulties. Of course, there was an eyewitness of creation as God, the creator. These chapters are obviously a record of creation, which God specifically reported to Moses by way of special revelation. The tendency to ask questions like, how did the chronicler know that Minerals preceded plants, and plants preceded animals. It betrays an anti-supernatural bias and a refusal to consider alternative explanations other than those proposed by naturalistic science, close quote. So chapters 1 and 2 of Genesis details how God spoke to Moses very plainly. So I believe we can make this case pretty solid. I could not find sources who argue against this form of interpretation unless it was to eliminate God altogether from the creation aspect of Genesis 1.1. And that's fine if one wants to argue God was not behind the creation or fine-tuning of the universe, but then that individual must explain how something was created from nothing and fine-tuned to such a precise level. As we discussed in our introductory episodes, no compelling case has been brought forward to better explain the creation of the heavens and earth better than what Genesis 1-1 does in just 10 short words. As a refresher again from our earlier episodes, Genesis 1-1 describes a creator that is timeless, spaceless, all-powerful, intelligent, and personal. For a really nice explanation of how a godless creation event might occur and how it was refuted very convincingly, I included an article in the show notes by Luke Nix of Faithful Thinkers from a November 2020 article called, Does the Big Bang Require an Absolute Beginning to the Universe? He systematically refutes each argument by an atheist, Dr. Sean Carroll, who's an external professor at the Santa Fe Institute, and the Homeward Professor of Natural Philosophy at Johns Hopkins University. Now, this was fun. It's hard to believe that in just the first 10 words of the Bible could carry so much philosophical and scientific weight. I hope you're left with some convincing explanations of how the universe was created by God, conforms perfectly to the first and second law of thermodynamics, and how the author of Genesis could know about an event for which he was not present. Now, virtually all Christian apologists are in alignment with Genesis 1.1. However, as we progress over the next six months, you'll find some divergent thought in leading apologists for a literal view of Genesis versus a figurative view. And there are some really interesting and compelling arguments for each side. So let's learn together which versions are most compelling. Next week, we will look at Genesis 1.14. How could there be light before the sun was made? You may reach us at our website, bibledifficultiesandanswers.podbean.com or you may reach out to me directly at our email address, bibledifficultiesandanswers at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, 
fits of righteous indignation or just to say hi. Also, please like and subscribe to this podcast and also write a review and give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, iHeart, or your podcast venue of choice. It really does help get the word out about the most amazing book ever written. Again, I'm Lance Smith. Until next time, I wish you good luck, good health, and God bless. So long, everybody.